Life Audio. Hello, listeners. My name is Shara Donahue, and thanks for joining me today to seek out the truth found in the Word of God. I hope this episode of The Bible Out of Context will offer you comfort as we look at how to rightly view Psalm 37 4, which says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Unfortunately, people often interpret this verse to mean, if I can figure out how to enjoy God, I will get everything I want. Honestly, (laughs) when I hear people use this verse In that way, I picture Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory saying, I want the world. I want the whole world. I want to lock it all up in my pocket. It's my bar of chocolate. Give it to me now. That's it. That's all the talk singing that you'll get from me. But can we agree that we certainly shouldn't approach God as a spoiled brat? Trust me. He is a good father, and he loves us too much to leave us that way. We also cannot manipulate God, no matter how hard we try. I've told you this, and we've talked about it, but the pursuit is a fool's game. People sometimes use this verse with the belief that if they stack the deck just right, they can get God to give them whatever it is they want. We forget that he loves us enough not to grant our every desire while still being the God who offers us blessings far beyond what we deserve. Seek him for himself, not as your wish fulfiller. Enjoy him. Enjoy him. He is better, more sustaining, and more faithful than any worldly want. When you start to delight in those truths, What often happens is that your desires will begin to align with his. And yes, you will see him give the desires he has for you that have come into alignment with his. When you find joy in who he is, you will grow to be more like Christ and God promises to finish the work he starts in you in Philippians 1.6. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. I'll say it again. 
We have to avoid expecting a promise that God never promised to fulfill. It is my goal to make sure your hope stands on a firm foundation and not something you've made up in your head to make yourself feel better in a moment of momentary pain. It is a betrayal to our own well-being to tell ourselves a lie to shield us from that pain. We need the truth so that when days of hardship meet us, we are planted firm. Now, this doesn't mean that as we delight in the Lord, we won't get things that we desire that are sometimes ridiculous ones. I have more than once asked God to help me win at a video game, find a lost object, or not forget about a silly task that needs to be done. And more than once, he has answered these prayers with a yes. And more than once, he has chosen not to. But you know what? The deeper desires of my heart are safe in his hands. God knows how to weigh out my true desires better than I do. And when he is my greatest delight, I will want what he wants. Verse 4 of Psalm 37, in context with the whole of the psalm, aligns so well with Deuteronomy 6, 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might, which Jesus reiterates in the gospel. To live in a broken world in a godly way, we must ask ourselves, What are the desires of my heart? And why do I have those desires? If the Lord is the source of all your delight, that will shape the desires of your heart. Okay, since we have covered that, we are going to widen our view to the whole of Psalm 37 now. Because context matters. There is so much more to this psalm than just verse 4. It's 40 verses long, so we won't read the whole thing together, but you should, when you have time, spend time with God looking through this psalm. It's written as an acrostic, meaning that there are 22 pieces, with each piece started by a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Many of the acrostic poems in the Psalms are also wisdom meditations. Let's keep in mind that the Psalms are wisdom literature. Tim Keller says of the Psalms that the Psalms lead us to do what the psalmist says do, to commit ourselves to God through pledges and promises, to depend on God through petition and expressions of acceptance to seek comfort in God through lament and complaint, to find mercy from God through confession and repentance, to gain new wisdom and perspective from God through meditation, remembrance, and reflection. The Psalms also help us see God, God not as we wish or hope him to be, but as he actually reveals himself. This psalm in particular is credited to David. And if you know anything about David, you know he had to run for his life more than once. Which brings us to one of the overarching themes of this psalm, which is 
not to delight in the Lord, though it is there, but to live with full confidence that God will overcome evil. I don't often talk about current events on this podcast, but when wars, shootings, and abuse touch our daily lives, we need the reminder that Psalm 37 gives us. Delighting in the Lord is an instruction in the psalm, but it's not the only command here. Also, it's not a suggestion. It is one in a series of commands found in the psalm, where the beginning starts with this section of instruction, and all of the commands are worth paying attention to. So listen for what commands you can hear in these first nine verses. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. So let's recap the commands in this first section. Verse 1 says, Fret not over evildoers or be envious of them. Verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Verse 4, It's our focus for today. Delight yourself in the Lord. Verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. Verse 7, Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently. 8, Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not. So we see, do, trust, delight, dwell, commit, be still, wait patiently. Don't be angry, envious, wrathful, or fearful. Then following those verses, there is this poetic narrative of how the wicked will be overcome and a reminder of the character, power, and righteousness of God. The Lord knows, upholds, and delivers. With a couple more commands in verse 27, turn away from evil and do good. Verse 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And 37, mark the blameless and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. When we live so aware of evil, Delighting in the Lord is part of how we shield ourselves with faith. All of the commands in this psalm are. God should be our delight, not personal vengeance over evil or our own success over those who find power through corrupt means. So much of this psalm is looking at the world and identifying its clear problems. We see them on the news every day. Because in all 
the stripping away, in the weeping with those who weep, in the dark night of the soul's grief. The brokenness of the world is clearly brazen. But there is a future for the man of peace. There is a God who is bigger, a story that looms larger than the horror, and a peace that meets inner turmoil with the hope that this world has been overcome by a savior. Society breaks down. People suffer, or worse, serve terror. There is much that is troubling to the soul. Peace can still be ours. God will still overcome the evil. It is a promise from the Savior who knew that darkness would persistently press in. Peace does not come from 24-hour security monitoring. It will not come because I have a gun or live in a home without one. It won't even visit when the world accepts me just as I am. For peace is an elusive mistress when it depends on what we can give, what we can buy, what we can control. The peace that passes understanding comes from a deep trust and the hope that Christ offers. Hiding in his ability to overcome and embracing the freedom of not having to rely on our own strength keeps us from bearing the burden of self-preservation. The Bible includes peace as a fruit of the Spirit. The peace of Christ is not an emotion human hearts can manufacture or create with circumstance. Instead, it demands a wild trust willing to risk it boldly offers the vulnerability demanded by love as joy grows through grace, which offers life. Peace has been left behind for us as a promise. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid in John fourteen twenty seven. This is a verse that I talk with you about often because it is so crucial for us to understand it. All of Psalm 37 is another excellent place to camp when the terror of wars and shootings fill our news feeds. I was in high school the year the Columbine tragedy shocked the nation and infected people with a new brand of fear. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. I remember sitting by the television, still shaken and unsure. What? How? Why? I went to school the next day, finding myself cowering from the group that wore trench coats and looking at my classmates with suspicion. It hadn't required courage to walk into class the day before, and that day it did. I felt numb. I listened to my favorite teacher. I remember her placing her hands protectively over her pregnant belly. She had to be asking herself, would she be willing to die for us? And then 10 years later, I stepped in front of my own first class as a student teacher. And I had to ask myself the same question. By that time, 
running students through lockdown drills was common practice. So I instructed them on how to hide in case of a gunman. I remember assessing how many students my body could shield. I'm not naturally morbid, but as a teacher, I needed to know how I would protect the students entrusted to me. Whether this is asked of our teachers or not, many consider it part of their job. Before Columbine, schools, churches, and movie theaters felt safe. And now America risks developing a callus on society's collective heart as we are tempted to accept the mass shootings as something unavoidable. We clutch our chests and breathe out a helpless again when we see the news and then we move on because we just can't handle the depth of the carnage of innocence gunned down. It's days of terror like New York's September 11th, 2001, Sandy Hook's December 14th, 2012, and now Uvalde's May 24th, 2022, that we need to read Psalm 37 to be reminded of God's plans for the wicked. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Let's look at verses 10 through 20. It's just a snippet. Go read the whole Psalm when you have the chance. But this is good news in this Psalm. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose way is upright. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken." Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. 
for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they have abundance, but the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. May your satisfaction in Christ be so deep that bad news on the global, local, or personal scale doesn't touch the promise of peace gifted to you. That even when in sorrow, the delight of who God is can coexist with your pain. When challenges come and triggers tempt toward anxiety, may your heart not be troubled. For you belong to the Prince of Peace, who has overcome all the evils of this broken world. And he will not fail to be who he has always been. As we wait on the Lord and keep his way, do not grow in wrath, but be committed to fret not as you delight in the fact that you can trust the character of God. And as verse 27 instructs, Turn away from evil and do good. Do good in the ways God has called you to, so that we may bring light to this dark world that is in such desperate need of Jesus. Oh God, we cannot imagine the sorrow of people who have lost loved ones to terror But you see them, you see their hearts, and we ask for you to comfort them. We ask that your people would surround them and bring them hope that they would have good caregivers around them, people to just sit with them as they process the unspeakable. God, we ask that you would send your spirit to minister to the hurting, that you would attend to the spots in our own hearts that are calloused, because wickedness has gone on for too long, in our opinion. And that you would help us to rest in confidence that you will overcome the evil that seems so prevalent in our society, in our world. Give us more of you, Lord. Give us eyes that see you. Help us to delight in who you are and to have ourselves guarded with your word. Help us not to be afraid, but to look to you and to live in peace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My book recommendation today is for those of you who are helping people who are grieving life losses, or for those of you who are in the midst of your own grief or loss. It's by Robert W. Kellerman and called God's Healing for Life's Losses, How to Find Hope When You're Hurting. It points to key verses that can fortify your faith and provides questions to help you process the sorrow that you're currently experiencing or the sorrow that your friend is currently experiencing. 
I hope it will be helpful to some of you out there. The verses, articles, and books I referred to in this podcast can be found in the show notes if you need them at lifeaudio.com slash podcast or on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love if you would rate and review this podcast so others can find us. We're so thankful for those of you who already have. Until next time, even when the world seems dark, may you seek the abundant life that Jesus died to give and live in the truth that sets people free. It's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.